If you would love to create a transformational and successful coaching business, but you don't know where to start or how to make this a full-time career, then my new certification program, Influential Coach, is for you. There is no other four-month live online mastermind like this. I'm going all in, guns blazing on this one with you to skyrocket your coaching career and personal brand online. You will learn the frameworks I personally use for rapid transformational coaching so you can support your clients to achieve their dreams no matter where they are in life. You will also learn how to authentically brand and market yourself as a coach so you can stand out from the rest and build a career of freedom and fulfillment. Spots are limited and this is an application only program. So if you're serious about finally committing to building a successful career in transformational coaching, then head over to imjoelbrown.com slash coach and apply today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with Alexandra Kane. Alexandra is the founder of the Mila Tribe, which is a premium activewear designed for everybody. She's not only that, she's also created a powerful program called Happy Body Plan, and she's had over 100,000 real results. She's now moved on from the body transformation and has integrated body transformation with mindset transformation as well. And I saw the content that Alexandra was posting on socials. and I was like, wow, this is super inspiring. I need to get her on the podcast and to really get a breakdown on and how you built this community and also how you continue to build and inspire others. So Alexandra, thank you for being a part of this with us today. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's an honor to share the platform with you. You're welcome. So you've uh, obviously amassed a pretty awesome size community, 1.4 million followers. And you and I both know that that's not everything, right? It's like, cool, you've got the followers. But what's more important that I see online is the community and the engagement you build around it. So can you share with us, where did this start for you? When, it, when you stepped in online, did you come from another platform? Did you have uh, some sort of an email list or how did this build? Yeah. Well, actually, funny story. Um, you may not have seen this from my profile, but actually a couple of years ago, I was on a TV show back in the UK. And um, so I already had a following built up to like 154,000 and that was through my work as a makeup artist that's what I was doing at the time and uh, I was working two jobs I was trying to do my makeup job which is like creative freelance and I wasn't really getting paid for that because I was trying to build my um, my network and my portfolio and I was working a bar job at the same time so I would go from like the shoots and then I would like I'd go straight to my bar job in the evening and then I'd use the money that I'd earned from the bar job to stay in a hotel closer to my work the next day. So I was grafting, I was grinding, you know, because I just wanted it to work out. And um, I ended up meeting uh, through that industry, lots of media people and uh, agents and things like that. And somebody once came up to me and said, you know, I think you'd be great on TV. And I said, stop, you know, like I'm, I'm so happy behind the scenes. I don't want my face out there. Like I want the success, but I don't want the fame. You know, I'm, I enjoy my privacy. And they said, look, just go, just go for the experience. So I was like, you know what? You're right. Let me, let me just see, because if I don't try, I'll never know. And I am such an avid believer of just try something once. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. 
So I went for this interview. Long story short, I ended up just saying no. I was like, this is not for me. I don't want to be a part of this. The following month, they contacted me and they said, you know, was I interested? Any chance you've changed your mind? Still, nope, 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 not doing it. A few months went by, the program started. And literally 10 days before I went on the show, they called me again. And they were like, is there any chance that you want to come on this show? Because there's still space. We really think that you'd be great on it. So I'm like, what the hell? Okay, three times they've tried now. How many signs um, do you need, Alexandra? (laughs) I know, right? I know. So, But do you know what? In the beginning, because my heart was truly saying no, I was like, this isn't right. But then in the end, certain things in my career, my makeup career had happened and I kind of didn't know what the next step was. So I was like, maybe this is it. Let's just see. And I had multiple conversations with friends and family. And in the beginning, they were like, no, don't do it. And they were all thinking of the negatives. And then my best friend called me and she was like, I've changed my mind. She said, because you're 27 years old, you know who you are. You've developed into such a young, gracious, like uh, a gracious young woman. And I believe that this really could be amazing for you. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do it. So within a week, I was on this TV show and I was like, I don't know what on earth is going on but I'm just going to roll with it. And I went on there and it was the greatest thing I ever did because what it did was um, I went in there as myself, you know, other people that had gone on the TV show had months to prepare. They were in the gym, get it, like becoming this super fit version of themselves to look a certain way on TV. And I was just thrown in there, like amongst a pack of wolves, just, this is me, you know? Um, and from that, I gained a huge following on social media and, I represented a lot of women. A lot of women could relate to me on that show. And I just felt so overwhelmed coming out of that, that I then saw an opportunity to build that and really tap into my audience. Um, And it kind of just went from there, really. So (laughs) that's the backstory. I love that. What was the TV show? Yeah, Are you open to sharing? (laughs) Yeah, it was Love Island. Love Island. There you go. I mm. actually, uh, I saw some episodes of Love Island. It actually looks like a fun show. There were elements of fun for sure. Um, but as a grown woman or as a grown human, you kind of feel like you're taken back to school. So if you were <laughs> anything like me of like wanting control over a situation, you had no control. You were told when to wake up, when to go to sleep. You had no phones, you had no clocks. I mean, some might call that bliss, you know, but um, <laughs> when you've got millions of people watching you, it's, uh, it's quite a nerve wracking environment. I like this. Let's talk about this. Controlling mm. the perception that others have of you, because that would have been something I'd imagine if I was put in that situation, knowing there's cameras all around, knowing the way that they like to edit things and make it look way more dramatic. And you could almost be friends with someone on the show, but then make it look like you're against each other, right? They, they, they're really good with their editing. So mm. break it down. Like, how did you manage to walk through it, manage that self-perception uh, and self-concept that you obviously maintain is still healthy and you didn't let it break you? <laughs> Full anxiety mode. <laughs> well you know you know anxiety right anxiety comes into play anxiety comes from fear of loss of control 
So obviously you have moments (laughs) of feeling that, right? I totally get that. But there there are a lot of people that are like on social media right now that are putting content out that are constantly worried about the perception that the rest of the world has on them. What's your advice around this? Um, So I guess at the time that I was on the show, uh, whenever something was requested of me or, um, you know, a scenario came up, I would always say to myself, just take a moment to think. Don't act out of impulse, you know. Um, don't react too quickly. Just take a moment for yourself to process it. Well, how do you really want to respond? Because that was important to me not to get caught up in uh, like what was trying to be portrayed on screen. And I was just very aware of like how easily things can be manipulated, not only from uh, the producer side, but also the outside world, you know, someone, they take hold of a comment and then they run with it. And it's like, you know, it would, it, everything would have been in the media. So just being very, very self-aware and very self-conscious, but like still being me, but yeah, just being very, very self-aware. And I think it's the same with anything, you know, it, there's so much uh, attention online now where people are kind of, there's this entitlement of people wanting answers, demanding answers. It's like, I can either give you a knee-jerk reaction and give you completely wrong thing that you, you know, or what you want to hear from me, but that's not coming from a place of what I really want to say. So I'm going to take a pause and I'm not going to respond to you straight away. And I'm going to think about what I want to say. So it's actually coming um, from a place of honesty and truth, whether you like it or not. Um, and I think, yeah, online presence really demands like knee jerk reactions at the moment. That's one thing that I don't like. Yeah. This is, this is very wise of you. This is like some Yoda type stuff right here. It's, it's funny (laughs) (laughs) because you're in in there in the show or even just in life. Like it's interesting because I think some people treat life like it's a show too. They're always on. I like the fact that you were able to sit in it and go, wait a minute, I'm going to respond, not react. Because the word respond comes from the word responsibility. You've taken responsibility in that moment to choose because we always mm-hmm. get to choose, right? We, we choose where we live emotionally as well, each and every day. You and I had a conversation before this about accountability, mm-hmm. self-accountability. Break that down because I'm sure there's a lot of people here right now that are listening to this that feel like within themselves, there's a, there's a lot that's out of control, especially with COVID that has happened, right? Mm. And there's this sense of responsibility that is almost demanded from us now because we can't keep blaming the environment and everything else. How did you navigate this stepping up into your own accountability? Uh, through going through really difficult scenarios in my life, I learned you know, I used to blame other people for a lot of things, a lot, and particularly my parents, you know, and um, it got to a point where I was like, no, some of this must be me. This can't, I, why am I pointing the finger at everybody else? And it was just, he did this or she did that. Da, 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 da. And someone once said to me, they turn around, they were like, no, you're the problem. You're not happy. You don't like yourself. And I was like, damn damn and it really made me look at in the mirror and be like do I actually like the person that I am 
And that was really hard for me to hear, but it was so necessary because from that day forward, I was like, cool, you actually have a point. And um, I started to do some work on myself. And uh, at the time I would like, I was doing some solo traveling and just tapping into the things that I enjoyed and working on um, my emotions towards things, what was triggering me, um, what made me happy, what didn't make me happy. You know, it's just really, really tuning into who you are. And you can only really do that when you're present. And more often than not, I was living in the future. I was anxious for the future. What did the future hold for me? I don't know what I'm doing. Living in the past, of past uh, relationships, holding on to things. And when you learn to just let go and surrender and just try to be really present with who you are, um, you'll find that a lot of your truth will come into fruition because you're like, ah, this is me. Okay. And it's not always comfortable. Um, it's probably the most uncomfortable thing that you can go through, but it's such a necessary process. Um, and accountability for me basically means owning um, everything that you are, whether that's the good, the bad, or the ugly. You know, we often uh, put out the best version of ourselves because that's what we want people to see, right? We want everybody to see our highlights on Instagram. We want everyone to see this yeah. idea of perfection. But what is perfection if you're not showing the full picture? You know, um, because I know when I see other people, I find beauty in their flaws, their imperfections, the things that other people don't necessarily get to see. And um, we, we all have that side to us. So why aren't we showing the full picture? Amen to that. What would you say was one of your moments that really stood out to you where you realized you needed healing? What did you do? Did you go through a process to work through shame and guilt or maybe like a failed uh, or struggling in a relationship with a parent or ex-partner? Like what happened there? Um, so I'm, I guess for the last five years, I've kind of been just doing my own work up until recently. And, um, most recently I, I reached out for someone else or to somebody else for help. And that was a big step for me because I've always just been the type of person that's like, I'm fine. I can do it. I can do it. Leave me alone. You know, I've, I've always taken everything on myself and maybe that's partly an only child thing. I don't have siblings. My parents are, are quite a fair bit older. They have been quite late on in life. Um, so there's kind of that missing piece of the puzzle uh, where we have a little bit of a disconnect. Um, but yeah, it was only recently that I reached out for help and it was one of the best things that I've done because she has helped me start to understand my emotions and how to cope without turning to external factors, um, which I didn't realize I was doing at the time. Uh, like materialistic things, even, you know, exercise and food and things like that, that element of control. Again, um, you're trying to control, control, control all the things that are happening around you, but ultimately it's what's going on inside. And you're like, ah, oh, it's not so comfortable. I don't really want to be here, but I know I have to do it. Um, and, and yeah, so the, the healing from relationships, 
I've kind of sat with and I've processed and I've forgiven them. You know, I was bitter for a really long time. And it just gets to a point where it's like, I'm the only person that's carrying this. They don't care. They're not sitting in this bitterness or this sadness. So I can either carry on with this feeling or deal with it, process it, accept it, forgive it and move forward. Um, And uh, yeah, it's a choice. It is a choice. Yeah, this resonates so much. I, I feel like I've had a similar walk as you. Uh, mm. I looked a lot for the external to light me up. And it was my almost like my magnif- magnificent obsession to achieve more in business and achieve more in life so I can get more. And I had this running story of I don't have enough. It was coming from scarcity and lack. But it was also coming from a place where I was trying to fill this void of feeling like I was enough. And I would hang so much of my value up on what I did and who I, um, what I had achieved rather than who I was. And we actually had a, a guy, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a, he's a big Christian rapper. He's a big hip hop artist. He's, he just like his, his album was number one on the Billboard charts. His name's Lecrae. And, you know, he had the multi Grammy award winning fame and the tours and everything else. But he ended up hitting this big halt in his life and realizing one day that he could look around at all the beauty around him, but he couldn't appreciate it. And it's because he realized all these things he was chasing, he couldn't get from the external. You know, and so I, I, it's just classic. I mean, this, this, web, this uh, podcast, this website that I've created is called Addicted to Success. But, you know, yes, it attracts people that are high achievers. But ultimately, as we go deeper, we realize that it's not in that essentially, that it's in the journey of who we're becoming. What I love about what you've been able to do, Alexandra, is you've synthesized these life lessons and these stories and these challenges and, and overcome them one by one to the point where you, you're carrying more value of who you are without even trying to be that. That's what I'm noticing is you're showing up as you and you mm. are rewarded for it. People are noticing that you're owning who you are. Mm. You've obviously had some failures along the way, like most of us or all of us have. What was a big failure moment where that led you to strength? Break that down. There's a couple. I'd say one of my biggest failures or the biggest moment that felt like a failure was a relationship that I had, which tore me apart. But it was my biggest life lesson because I ended up with this guy because um, I basically had no job for like two years. I'd been through a lot of trauma and I met him at a time when I was extremely vulnerable and shock classic wasn't dealing with my emotions. I just ran into somebody that gave me love um, or what I thought was love. And it turned out that it wasn't, it was the most toxic relationship of my life. I saw things and I experienced things that I would never want anybody else to experience. And, um, it, it really, really, really broke me. And I depended on him to show me the world experience he was my, my lifeline for happiness, you know, I, because I just couldn't do it myself. And, um, it got to a point where it just became so toxic. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Enough is enough. There's got to be something greater than this. And it was the most difficult thing to put an end to that and really, you know, say, no, these are my boundaries and walk away from it. And, 
three months went by, like I'd blocked him off everything, every social media platform, my number, all of that. And I remember unblocking him one day from my phone because I was just like, I'm ready. Like, I, I think I've healed. And I unblocked him and he phoned straight away. Same old nonsense. Like, you know, I miss you. How could you do this to me? All of that. And I just went, look, I said, if we're going to have any kind of relationship as friends, this has to stop. And uh, I forgave him. And we were friends for a little while. And even looking back on that now, I'm like, you were too kind. You were too kind. Why did you let that energy back in your life? Um, but it was necessary. And from there, he just gave me, or that lesson gave me the strength to be like, you can do this on your own. You don't need anybody else for your happiness. And it just gave me the fight and, and the courage that I needed to just be like, right, let's, let's make a go of your life now. Stop all this. Um, so that was, that was the first step uh, of just getting my life back on track. The, the next one I'd say was last year, which was very difficult for me. Um, my mum's pretty sick right now. So uh, with the lockdown and everything, um, she's been sick for a long time. That was actually the catalyst in the beginning when I was going through the toxic relationship. So again, coming back to my mum, she has been going through it again the last year and we've been living apart. I moved out last year for the first time in my life. So I was on my own, away from my parents in a new environment with no community. Everything was locked down and all I had was just myself. <laughs> it's like, oh, there I am again. There she is in the mirror. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, again, it was like a moment of, okay, you're on your own again. And the last year has been very, very difficult for me in terms of that control element and I think this is this is another pivotal moment in my life, what I'm going through right now, actually, as we speak. Um, but I'm excited because I know from the last time, only great things came from it. And this is where I'm at now. So I'm just surrendering and I'm trusting. I love this. I love that you're keeping it real. You know, when I speak at events, often I'll ask, who here feels like they're in transition? And I swear not, Alexandra, damn near 90% of the room puts their hand up. And even some of the most, mm. what would you call them, like seasoned, uh, the view of somebody that would be like highly successful and killing it, some of them are raising their hands too. And it's because this is part of our soul's uh, forwardness in wanting to progress in this world. It just never stops. Like we were saying before that it's constantly wanting to move forward. And we're in this constant process of, of evolution. And, you know, when I look back, even at my journey, there's never a time where I could say profound pinnacle turning point, paramount moments of breakthrough came from me in a chilled out state or a slumber. Like it's, it's always come from these moments where I'm like, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable because it challenges our identity. And in order to be able to achieve our vision, the next step in our vision, it demands from us a newer evolved identity. And there's no way you can get out into that new space without breaking through that old identity. So I love that you're in this transitional period now. Uh, obviously, this is going to affect on so many levels the way that you show up even with your business. I believe this, this develops leadership You know, when you go mm. through these challenges because it means that you're able to then step in and support other people that are in that space because you know how to break through it, 
right? You turn around and you shine the light on the path and you're like, this, this is the way. So I, yeah. I absolutely love that. What, what are your daily habits? How do you get yourself into this? I know you're super fit. You know, you, you're, you're fit, you're healthy. Uh, I think you have a very healthy perspective uh, and view of what it means to have a good body image as well. I read some of your posts where you accept your body in all its shapes and forms. Break this mm. down as well. Share this with us because I know that this is a sensitive topic for a lot, of, a lot of people, not just women, men too. So if you could share this, this would be amazing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time that I've really had an opportunity to kind of speak about it because um, it is actually quite current and it's a process that I'm going through right now. So what you spoke about earlier of, um, you know, you're constantly striving for external factors to bring you this level of happiness or success, whatever success means to you. Um, And as you evolve, you recognize that success actually means something very different to what you initially kind of perceived it to be. Last year, when I was going through this trauma which and, and grief, which I didn't know was grief at the time, I had obviously started out on my fitness journey and um, I did like a whole like overhaul of my life. And this was like last January when my plan launched. And um, I just moved into my flat in March for the first time, never lived away from home. We went into lockdown three weeks after I moved in. So I had no furniture, no nothing. Um, And I started doing all like these live workouts from my front room. And I just, I ended up turning to exercise and food as a coping mechanism because I felt like so many other elements of my life were out of control. And I think what really heightened that for me was obviously this having this online presence of people just complimenting my body. You know, you look amazing. Oh my God, your physique. And when you're praised for something, you believe, well, I'm doing the right thing. Um, this must be what everybody wants. This, this must mean happiness. And so I kind of became a little bit obsessed and I started working from a place of ego and, uh, I was just chasing this external kind of validation of, well, I've got the perfect body. So that must mean everybody loves me. But in turn, what was going on was I was receiving a lot of criticism, like a lot. And I'm thinking, what's going on? Like, I don't understand because I'm being kind to people, but the person I wasn't being kind to was myself. I was talking so negatively to myself and I was really operating from a place of masculinity. And it was this full on like bull in a China shop. You know, my morning routine back then was wake up, do a workout, go for a run. It was like, boom, boom, boom. It was like, you know, like a hammer just constantly being hit. And it was just this mass control taking over that I had no idea how important rest was. And I am now currently going through this transitional phase of coming back into my feminine. So my morning routine looks very, very different to what it was like before. You know, I was part of the 5am club, getting up, working out, like just hammering it. And now I'm waking up in a really soft flow. I'm putting on some meditation music and I'm journaling and I'm writing a gratitude list and I'm uh, doing like Abhyanga massage, which is like self-massage, like really just tapping into myself um, and showing myself love and my body in every which way it presents itself, whether I'm bloated or whether I'm not like, I wouldn't have dared post a picture if I was bloated last year. 
but now I'm like no that's part of who I am so it really has been so recent you know this transition and uh it's funny because like I said hindsight is a beautiful thing and I look at myself last year and I just think girl you needed a break and now I'm giving myself a break and it feels really, really good. I'm I'm tapping into inner child stuff. I'm going out and I'm listening to a lot of like playlists from my childhood. I'm running around in, in free air. It just feels like fun right now. Um, so yeah, we're trying to come into some level of balance. <laughs> I love, I love this. I love that you were able to identify that it was this unhealthy masculine. Cause obviously, you know, when we're talking masculine and feminine, it's the energy of, right. Not necessarily mm. that's male or female, but it's that energy yeah. that comes naturally from, for the most part, from those sexes, that unhealthy feminine and unhealthy masculine to continue to stay in that. It brings us into lower brackets of consciousness. Mm. And, you know, I remember I was coaching a client and she's like, you know, why can't I just get a man like, and I go, because you keep doing this. And she stops. She's like, whoa. And I'm like, <laughs> you're in an unhealthy masculine state. You're scaring dudes away. You know, and I, I like, it looks like trouble and feels like trouble. And she's like, really? And I, and I said to her, I said, like, when men get very turned on by a woman that's confident in her, in her feminine energy. You know, it's not to expect that they always have to be in it, but, but coming naturally more so in that place because you've been in the practice of it. She's like, oh, wow. And um, I just said to her, I said, like, let, because she was dating someone at the time, she started dating someone. Uh, and, she, and I said, let him just be that rock, be that man that's there, you know, to, to hold that space and to lead. Like, let him do that for once and see how you feel. And at first it was uncomfortable, but she was able to ease into it. Not because she was trying to do it for him, but because she had started repatterning herself. And mm. I'll, I'll show you something, Alexandra. I know we've got people listening and I'm going to try my best to describe this because, you know, we're in video form right now, but I'm going to pull this up on the screen for you. Have you heard of David Hawkins' map of consciousness? No. This is amazing. It'll blow your mind. So David Hawkins has passed away. He's not around anymore. He developed this thing called the map of consciousness. So you have the different levels of consciousness, right? Without it being like too woo-woo, too hippy-dippy and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Essentially, these uh, levels of consciousness are on a certain frequency. So the lowest is shame, guilt, apathy, grief, fear, desire, right? And as we work our way up the scale, it gets to a point of neutrality, which is at 250. That's the frequency. Most of the world, they say on average, operates around 200, which is courage, which means that a lot of people are on the upper bracket of low consciousness, but they're trying to maintain it by coming up into using courage to try and uh, hold their identity, to hold their, their frequency. And obviously that gets exhausting, right? This is that force. So the lower brackets is force. You have courage, pride, anger, desire, fear, grief, apathy, guilt, and shame. The upper brackets are power, which is neutrality, willingness, acceptance, reason, love, joy, peace, enlightenment. Now, what I love about what you shared before is you talked about this forgiveness. Remember when you had that forgiveness, you came into a place of acceptance. That frequency is at 350, right? Even mm -hmm. peace is up at 600. So you start to come more into that level of peace the more that you are in the practice of that forgiveness. And when we are mm -hmm. in fear and grief, we pull ourselves out of those lower brackets of consciousness by practicing in the higher brackets of consciousness of willingness, acceptance, reason, love, joy, and peace. It's pretty cool stuff. 
So it sounds like you've been in the practice of pulling yourself out of those spaces and giving yourself that grace. And I, I just love that you've been able to do that and be such a great example uh, for others as well. Thank you. Well, I mean, I hope it continues and I'm just, I'm so excited to kind of see where this next step is for me because it has literally broken all the foundations that I was living in last year. Um, so it really feels like a whole new world is opening up to me right now. Um, but it never stops. Like life continues, right? So time never slows down. It's, it's you that slows down or adjusts. Um, you know, people can say, oh, life is so like moves so fast. It's like maybe in your world, um, <sighs> you know, we have the ability to choose kind of how we utilize our time. Um, and yeah, I'm just very, very excited because where I thought that moving at hundred miles per hour was the right thing to do since I've taken a step back things are still working for me, if not better, because I'm not coming from a place of stress. Um, they're just flowing. And I've got, more, uh, I've got more space to actually be creative and let the ideas flow to me because I'm not worried about trying to create them. Yeah. So, yeah, and it sounds, I'm excited. It sounds like uh, not trying to be somebody else except just being more present with who you are and going you know, what, what, what can I create today? That's going to expand more of who I already am. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. That is the difference. Yeah. Like I see that, you know, cause a lot of people are trying to be somebody all the time, you know, they're in this comparison. They're in this, uh, like envy of, Oh, I wish I could look like this person or that person. It's like, yo, have you seen yourself? You got so much here that you haven't even tapped into yet. Yeah. This is the scary part about social media. And uh, it, it does scare me that everyone's trying to be like everybody else. Recently, I had to unfollow so many people. And actually, that's how I came across you. Because um, I was listening to a podcast and going through this moment of awakening, which I seem to be going through. <laughs> Uh, something and, and the really, rest of the planet. <laughs> yeah, something really came to me. And it was, um, you know, if anybody on social media or anybody that you're following or is in your life kind of doesn't serve you anymore, get rid of them and start following people that you want to be more like or start following people that inspire you, that have a message that resonates with you. And so I was sat in the bath and that's what I was doing. And I came across your page and I was like, I love this guy's page. Like it's so motivational and I started following you and like a few other people. And now my feed is full of like good life, you know, good food. And, um, I had to have a clear out and it's funny how such a simple method can invite new things into your life. And here we are on this podcast, you know, um, it just, it's so simple and it really takes no effort at all to just have a little bit of a clear out. It might not be comfortable. You might think, oh God, I can't let that go. But that is absolutely it. Surrendering, letting it go and making space for the new. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I kind of feel like I recognize that within your content too was I've been on a similar journey. It sounds like we've had a very similar journey in the sense that mm -hmm. we're just wanting to expand more within ourselves, And this is something that I, I, practice instilling in my own students clients even those that listen on the podcast is just 
reminding people you have the greatness in you. You have this potential, you know, like don't let yourself off the hook and say somebody else was meant for that greatness. No, like you've got it. It's there. And it's more about finding the, like you mentioned before, the, the like lifestyle and the rituals, the daily practices that are supportive for you to grow more instead of surrounding yourself with things that are always pulling you down and that you're even just allowing for yourself to be stuck in. When you take that ownership, like you said, that accountability, it's such a game changer. You know, mm. so I, I'm excited to see how much more you're going to grow and expand in this. It's so cool to see. And and by the way, like having the followers that you do, you know, you've obviously done really well with reaching a lot of people online. And uh, however anybody goes about it, whether it's you've you've started from scratch and built it up, whether you've been on a TV show, whether you've had a successful podcast has blown up, whether you've written a book that so many people we've had on the podcast have had different ways of building their communities. What I do know mm. is that you have a responsibility with this community and what you put out does count. People are watching, people are listening. And so it's good to see that you're a source of inspiration. So well done. Amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Where are you going next? What have you got coming up that we can uh, stay tuned for? Oh, so I, the next uh, drop of my clothing line is actually launching, launching next week. Um, so that's dropped too. And hopefully, actually, I don't even know if I can talk about it. There's a couple of things that I can't mention. You can't drop some exclusives. <laughs> no, it's okay. Ooh. No pressure, no pressure. <laughs> There's some exciting projects that I am working on, which I am currently involved in, but I'm just making them bigger and better. Um, so just watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, real quick, mystery is beauty. Mystery is it, it definitely sparks curiosity. Uh, mm -hmm. By the way, Alexandra's clothing line, the premium activewear line, the Mila tribe. Check it out, you know, because I think it's really cool. I, I think if you're wanting to find a clothing line that is designed for literally everybody, everybody type as well, this is the place to go. Can you break it down a little bit? Just share with us what we've got going on over here? Sure, yeah. So from the launch of my fitness plan uh, that I launched last January, again, coming back to community, understanding your audience, um, you know, who are the people that are following you and, and looking to you? Um, so when I started doing all these home workouts at the beginning of lockdown, I was receiving comments on a daily basis where are your outfits from like oh my god tell me this tell me that and someone even says to me why don't you just make your own I was like hmm yes you have a point so that's what I set out to do I was like well I'm I'm working out with all of these girls and these females so why don't I just create a clothing line uh for them to feel comfortable at home so it can be leisure wear you don't have to wear it to like work out in but you know sometimes when you're short for time and you don't want to have to have like two separate outfits or, um, you know, like you could be on a, a grocery run or a school run um, or you're on the way to the airport and you want to get in a quick workout. It's a combination of loungewear with activewear. So if you wanted to do quick 15, 20 minute workout, you're already dressed, um, but you also still look cute and it's comfortable. And coming back to the whole body image thing, I one of the leggings that I did or the, the set of leggings that I designed um, 
was to do with gut health because um, as females, we often bloat a lot. I know guys do too, but you know, we have our menstrual cycles and I, I'm a personal sufferer of IBS coming from stress. And um, that was a massive trigger for me. A lot of the waistbands that are designed for leggings, it, they're quite compressive. Now I understand that a lot of people like those to kind of suck you in, but that actually did more harm than good because you're your tummy feels like it's under attack. So it inflames to protect itself. Um, and so I designed a pair of leggings, which are the silhouette gives the appearance of like a cinched in waist. And it, it is compressive, but not to the point where it is like going to cause you more inflammation. So they're super comfortable. The quality is incredible of the leggings and we've developed them uh, for the next shop to be even better. So it's just a constant process of listening to the consumer. Uh, we're very, very open to listening to customer feedback and just trying to design like comfort you know, for people and, and practicality as well. So yeah, it's a, it's a small business, you know, I've done it all myself. I've had no further investments. So it's starting off small. I can't cater to everybody right now because um, it's just little old me, but that is the goal to, uh, you know, just grow bigger and bigger. There you go. Wow. Powerful entrepreneurial minded, very inspirational and love what you're putting out there. Thank you so much, Alexandra. Alexandra, we end every interview with this last question. And the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, <laughs> I see your face. What would that last 30 seconds sound like? Oh my gosh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Um, my last speech. Just thank you for all the life that I have been able to live. I'm not scared of transcending into the next life, whatever that may be. I trust, I have faith. And just thank you for the lessons and the blessings. <laughs> 